0: The following audio recording is classified documentation for case
1: with the enclosure. Unauthorized access to this information will lead to immediate intervention. Progress further if proper clearance has been given. So looked into those kids. The melon heads. Why is it always kids? I'm so bad with kids. Okay, maybe not bad with kids, but I'm by no means good with them. It doesn't help that it's cold out today, able to see my breath and everything. It started to snow while I was out there, which didn't help anything. I personally like the colder seasons, I'm not too sensitive to it, and it really takes a lot to make me feel chilled to the bone, as long as I'm not soaking wet at least. But I was out there for hours, and it's finally started to get dark, which yeah, also didn't help. The cuffs of my jeans are practically frozen solid, and I swear there's frost around the rim of my glasses, and my ears got so cold that my teeth hurt but I think I have some earmuffs at home that I can do my best to remember for next time. As far as the research itself, well, it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Okay, I mean, I did see the children with the bulbous heads, but their behavior wasn't at all what I'd expected. It was like... Okay. So there's some of those kids... Just standing in the road. Their clothes are tattered pretty bad. They look not even remotely phased by the cold. I don't think any of them have shoes or coats. I'm really suspecting something immortal at play here. Or maybe already dead. Their eyes. I can't tell if they're glowing or reflecting light from elsewhere. But as creepy as all get, I'd probably be a bit more concerned if it weren't for how the- oh, shit. Of course, as soon as I say that, they charge the car. I don't feel like being eaten again. Thank you very much. Jeez, I was warned that they may attack and have been rumored to eat people, but I didn't expect. So much viciousness. They seemed pretty relaxed at first, mostly watching me from a distance, keeping an eye on me as I explored the woods, but then they started scurrying around more, and then suddenly it was dinner time. Origin stories for these kiddos vary depending on the source. Some say the old building out there used to be an asylum, where they were tested on. Some say it was an orphanage, where they were tested on. A- and and I know that there were a few other possible origins jotted down on the file, but that wasn't really what I was looking for. I was here to see what was there, how they behaved, and to see if I could communicate or whatever. I sent what photos and videos I took to the storage email so that we can go through them further tomorrow, but I do still have to uh, send over a report tonight. God, there's more on the edges of the road. How many are there? It makes my stomach churn. Not looking at them, not not them staring at me, not even them attacking me, but imagining what they went through. If the whole testing and psychological abuse thing they endured is true, well, it kind of makes you think, huh? The most detailed story I found was that the kids were taken to a doctor who did some unethical testing on them and treated them horribly for so long that the kids, well, staged a coup, had an uprising. They fought back, killed the doctor, chopped him up, and scattered him across his estate. While I'd say I'm generally one to frown on murder... I don't know. Whatever those kids went through must have been atrocious, likely traumatizing as hell. While I doubt I'd have it in me to be as violent in response, uh, who knows, after all that, I guess I don't really blame them for lashing back. They wanted to be free. Uh, Can't blame them at all for that. Anyways, uh, I got to work this morning and saw the email with instructions for me to come out here and investigate. I thought I'd be sent with someone, but nope. Just me. So I packed up my work bags, let Gia know that I was heading out, said good morning to Jamie, then hopped in the car. Considering they're sending me out driving during the winter, where there's these slick roads and black ice, you'd think I'd have a car that's better suited for the weather. But this is the car that had apparently been mine before the incident, so I guess this is past me's fault for that. To future me. Invest in a better car. I don't think I was supposed to be out here this late, but there was just so much to explore. I can always turn the equipment in in the morning, so I'm just heading straight home now. I lost track of time as I walked. At first, it was because it was just so peaceful. It felt nice just walking, enjoying the cold weather, all the sights and the sounds of the woods. Normally I'd listen to music or something with earbuds in on my walks, but I can't exactly do that while I'm out investigating. While the walk was nice, once it started snowing and my jeans started to get frozen stiff, it was less relaxing. Then the constant skittering of the melon heads themselves. I I hate calling them that. I feel like it's rude, but I have no other names for them or anything. Oh, that reminds me. That was actually something that got brought up with Dr. Damon as well as Mr. Zimmer, who I'm now also seeing. They both basically called me out for having empathy for the creatures we work with. They both asked why I think it's that I feel for these creatures. And I basically told them both the same thing. Why not? Isn't it our job to research them, to learn more about them? To do that, shouldn't we have some sort of heart for them? Don't you need to love something, at least a little bit, to hold that much curiosity about it? Though, Mr. Zimmer implied that to truly love something, you must also hate it to some extent as well. The ties between intense emotions and whatnot. I I, I don't think that's true. At least, not for me. But maybe that just gives me a good look into how Mr. Zimmer views things. Working with him has been... interesting, to say the least. He, like Dr. Castillo to some extent, is always chipper but his smile doesn't reach his eyes in the same way that others do. He has a curious gleam to them, but they're never soft or comforting. Not mean, but not kind. We've been trying to focus more on regaining memories. And he keeps encouraging me that if I just work with him, that it shouldn't be hard. As if I haven't been struggling for almost two years to remember anything. But he's adamant that he'll be able to fix me. That lack of progress is my fault. Dr. DeMond doesn't really seem to be too fond of him. But she's at least professional enough for the most part. It doesn't feel too good knowing that my therapists don't get along. To the point that even I can tell they don't get along. But there's really not much that I can do about it. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you know, now that I'm out of the forest, it's really pretty out. Folks have started hanging up different colored lights on their properties and storefronts. I, I love driving past the Chapman Orchard. Darius's dads went all out and decorating this year. Darius told me a bit about putting them up. They take it very seriously. But he said that he has a good time with it. He likes being able to take a step back and appreciate his handiwork with getting them hung up in those really pretty designs. Oh, speaking of Darius, we did actually manage to talk about what I discussed with uh, Holly and Milo. I told Darius about my gender conundrum. And he was very understanding. He said that he knows exploring gender can be overwhelming and confusing, especially when you kind of do it alone, but that he said that he's always there to listen or talk or help however he can. I never imagined I'd get such support on this, but it's nice, that's for sure. Also, Darius met Grove. They got along pretty well, I wasn't sure at first, considering that Grove spent a lot longer just sniffing Darius than he had Holly, but when Darius came by to teach me how to cook a few recipes, after all the sniffing, Grove was very friendly and his usual levels of affectionate towards him. With it getting colder out, Darius and Holly discussed possibly sledding here soon. I've never done it before, so I, uh, oh, uh, hello? Dr.
0: Hell. Hi, it's Anika Rausch.
1: How are you? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, staying a bit busy with work, you know. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Pretty excited
0: for winter break. Do you have any plans?
1: Well, uh, I have some assignments to work on, mostly. Uh, nothing in particular. You? Time with
0: family, for the most part. I also have some books that I've been meaning to get to. <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. I actually have an offer to extend to you. Oh. Well, when you went and looked into the haunting on school grounds, you said that you primarily work in... Oh, what was it? Environmental science? Well, our school is holding its yearly career day after the new year, and I thought it'd be nice to have you come
1: in. What? What would that entail?
0: Oh, you know, just... Telling the kids about what it is you do with the enclosure, how you help the environment, what you study, things like that. We always hope to encourage our students to find passions and careers in fields that not only better them, but also the world around them. We have a good amount of kids who would likely be interested in learning more. And who knows, maybe the enclosure can look into actually hiring people from Wichden someday instead of paying to bring people in from so far away.
1: I mean, I have no say in the hiring process, but uh, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) How can I say no? Uh, So, when is this? Excellent. I'm so glad to hear that.
0: It's in mid-January, once everyone is back from winter break. Since you're interested, I'll put you down to be one of our speakers, and once the schedule is put together, I'll send it your way. How do Mondays work with your
1: schedule? I mean, give me enough heads up, I can work something out. As, long, as soon as you've got a day picked, just give me a call. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Hell. We really appreciate it. Ah, uh, no, no, please. Call me Jared. No need to be so formal with me.
0: <laughs> all right, Jared. We'll be in touch again here soon. I do have a few things to wrap up
1: here, so I should be going. But you have a great day, all right? Uh, you too. Talk with you soon. Uh, about career day. I'll just need a little time to prepare, you know, something. Thank you so much for reaching out. I, I'm i driving. I gotta go. Talk to you later. Shit. It's always kids. And she knows that something's up. I can tell. <laughs> that tone? She knows. But what does she know? Does she just know that I'm lying? That I'm not the kind of scientist I say I am? Or does she know more? How could she know more? Why would they even want an enclosure employee there? It's not a job they should aspire towards. It's shady and frustrating and exhausting and hardly worth the pay. It's suffocating and soul-crushing, and I just don't see why anyone anyone would want- There's many other, much better jobs in town. Jobs that have you be part of the town and not just some shady outsider. Teachers, farmers and ranchers. There's so many shops and restaurants who need staff. And the new trade school offers unique learning and unique work. The firefighters are pretty popular with the school kids and heck, they should have their community crisis assistance workers or their medics come in. Something that's good for the community my work hardly feels like it does as much good as it could be. I thought I was just researching creatures, containing the ones that pose a real danger to humans. But I've just been poking around haunted schools and empty cornfields, messing around and causing trouble that doesn't need to be there. Hell, I don't even really want to be doing what my job is supposed to be. Learning about the creatures is fascinating, but I don't feel right trapping them, those who do harm people are either being messed with by folks who are just too curious, or could be avoided if people even bothered with precautions. Most people in Witchgen seem to already have a sort of... balance with the supernatural creatures that roam around. They don't really acknowledge them all that much, but most seem to have a healthy respect for them. Leave the creatures be, they'll leave you be. Well, not always, of course. Those black-eyed children still knock almost every night, <laughs> and by Darius and Holly's reactions to it, that doesn't seem normal. They've both had the kids come knocking, but not regularly. As long as I don't let them in, it's fine. I learned my lesson, I'm not doing that again. As long as you don't let them in, you're fine. As long as you're careful and don't go swimming alone in the river, you're fine. As long as you don't go wandering into the melonhead's turf in the woods, you're fine. As far as I can tell, they're part of the ecosystem. (laughs) If they want me telling people that I'm an environmental scientist, maybe they should just give me enough information on the subject to work with. Everything I've got, I got from my own research anyways. And I think that these supernatural creatures as just as much a part of the natural environment as. The birds in the sky, the trees in the forest, those massive fields. (sighs) Whatever. If Anika wants me there, I'll be there. She's given me no reason to not help out, and I'd feel rude to say no. Guess I have to do another deep dive into the local... uh, Whatever information I should have, if I am, in fact, an environmental scientist. (sighs) Ugh. I honestly hate lying. It doesn't feel good. Then I have to remember the truth and the lies while trying to piece together my own identity. How am I supposed to effectively lie to people if I barely know what the truth is? I'll prepare best I can for career day. Tonight I'll submit my report on my findings from home and hopefully it'll be enough to appease Todd and all of them. I didn't learn much about the origin of the melonhead creatures, more their behavior, which is, I think, what they wanted. Once they get my findings, I'm sure they'll be able to decide what they want to do with the creatures, the kids. Human anymore or not, they're kids. I really hope they don't decide to round them up. If they're left alone, they're not hurting anybody, so it shouldn't be a huge issue. But I just have, I don't know, a bad feeling? Whatever. I'm heading home now. I'm freezing, especially since the car still hasn't properly heated up yet. I'll get home and have something to eat and something hot to drink before sending everything over. Then a hot shower, and maybe cuddle up with Grove. I have a few days off coming up, I think. But we'll see if I actually get them off. If so, as I said, I plan to spend the afternoon with Holly and Darius here soon. Darius learned I'd never gone sledding, so he and Holly are determined to take me. They've gotten close recently. It's nice. The land's pretty flat around here but I think they have little tricks to make sledding hills. I'm excited. It's gonna be nice to just spend time with them, not worry about work, (laughs) but we'll see if that happens. I'm just tired. Yeah, I had a vacation not too long ago, but I'm just tired all over again. I wake up tired. I stay tired almost all day, and then at night, I don't know. I feel a little more energized at night, but still tired. I can never keep my sleep schedule straight, no matter how hard I try. I talked to Dr. Rahal about it. He thinks it's likely stress. And once again, medicine hasn't helped. We tried melatonin or whatever. Didn't help. He prescribed me something stronger, but didn't help much he's worried about going much stronger because then it's like getting into the stuff that should be professionally administered territory. And something about the idea of someone else having the power to just knock me out like that? I felt sick. So I just told Dr. Rahal I'd try some sleepy time tea or whatever. Maybe move my workouts to be closer to bedtime so I can wear myself out? I I don't know. But for now eyes on the road. I'm always entirely through town and want to make sure I have full focus on the roads that they weren't able to clear off. Things get slick. So, uh, this is, um, this is Dr. Jared Hell, signing off.
2: Jar of Rebuke is written and produced by Casper Oliver, who is also the voice of Dr. Jared Hell. The voice of Anika Rausch is Chijoge B. Williams. The intro was read by Vanessa Rosengrant and credits are read by Ashley Kraft, who has created the podcast official graphics. Music was created by Luke Menis, spelled M-E-N-N-I-S-S, who you can find and support on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Twitch. Follow us on social media for updates. If you've been enjoying us, please consider leaving a rating, review, or comment wherever you tune in. You can also support us on Patreon or PodHero by following the links in our episode description. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Tristan, Perry, Devin, Becky, Nico, and Joyce. And now, if you've been enjoying Jar of Rebuke, check out this other queer horror podcast.
1: Hello, hello, ghouls. Ghosts. Goblins. And everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with host, Emma. And Zelda. We're two amateur cryptozoologists
2: on a mission to explore the things that lie beyond. Beyond what? I I don't know, the the veil? It it just sounds poetic and mysterious. Mm, True.
1: Learn about cryptids, folklore, monsters, and things that are just kind of haunted. Anything that seems a little otherworldly and strange. Just like us. (laughs) New episodes out every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at across.the.veil and Twitter at acrosstheveil1. We hope you join us next time. Across Across the the veil. Veil.